from the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good afternoon, welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, uh, live with Ross Gregory this afternoon. Good afternoon, Ross. Afternoon, Steve. Afternoon, everyone. Good to see you, mate. As always, an hour of Newcastle United chats. If anyone's got any questions, uh, stick them in the chat and we will endeavour to get to them. But uh, as always, we'll look back on the weekend's events and uh, I've described it on uh, the uh, the shows since the match. It's a game of two halves, Ross. It was the proverbial game of two halves, wasn't it? It certainly was. You get there, you go after, I suppose, after the Everton game, after um, after Spurs, you, you go into you go into games now, you know, confident, thinking it's uh, it's all going to be plain sailing. But um, first off, wasn't quite that way, was it? And um, and and you know, the second half was a, it was obviously a much much improved performance. But yeah, it um, I suppose at this point, it's it's all about results, it's all about wins, and, and getting those uh, getting those three points and and. Yeah, clinching the, the the spot in the Champions League, which becomes which is coming ever ever closer down the down the line. So um results are all important. Um and thankfully they've managed to get over the line. And I mean it, it shows as well that Eddie Howe, I mean, we know this anyway, but he's not afraid to make changes. And Anthony Gordon had a pretty good first half. Um we missed Longstaff again. We've covered that on this show in you know in previous games where he's missed, but but ultimately, he isn't afraid to make a change. And despite, you know, uh, Gordon having a pretty good first half, he took him off, brought Isaac on, and, and that changed the game and, and won the game for us. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think what. Yeah, you're right. Eddie has shown that he can be very proactive. He showed against, uh, I think it was Brentford. You know, at half time when when it wasn't um, when it wasn't going so well, uh, he's able to make those those changes early. It always helps when you've got a strong bench, though, Steve. When you've got options on the bench, it's it's one thing getting in at, at half time and, and looking around the, the rest of the change room and thinking, well, how can I change this? How can I how can I affect this game? But when you've got players on the bench of the of the caliber that, that Newcastle have had in in recent in recent weeks, you know, bringing off you know bringing on a Callum Wilson or or a, or an Isaac or a Miggy Almiron or um or a you know a, a Somebody like an Elliot Anderson, even you know, who showed against, who showed against um, against Forest, or he can do from the bench. When you've got those options, certainly in a, in, a, in attacking uh, areas, the attacking threat off the bench to, to be able to change it, um, it, it must be a, it must be a real bonus for, for Eddie Howe. And, but to be fair, any, everything that he's touching at the minute is pretty much turning to gold, isn't it? So he's getting all his substitutions spot on, even when there's a, a slight a slight concern over it. Um, uh, uh, um, a team selection. He he always comes up trump. So um, he's not he, he's not afraid to make those changes. He's been very bold and brave, um, and the paying off for him. Anthony Gordon. I mean, you know, I've seen a few negative um, column inches. I've also seen a, a lot of negative stuff on Twitter about him. This isn't a, uh, an Eddie Howe player. This is a player who, uh, you know, is going to cause a, an argument in an empty room. That kind of stuff. He, he's a good player. He just needs he needs a summer under Eddie Howe. He's, he's you know, I think we covered this last week, Ross. You know, give him time. Give the kid, give the kid time. Don't judge him now. Look at what Eddie Howe's done with players who were completely written off, like Joe Linton and uh, Jacob Murphy and Miggy Almiron. Players that this time last year people wouldn't have batted an eyelid if they'd said we're going to sell them in the summer. Now, if you suggested that, people would be up in arms. So, you know, Anthony Gordon's clearly shown me signs that he's a, a you know going to be a top player for Newcastle, and um, certainly, you know, give him a summer under Eddie. Who knows what we'll see next year. I think that's I think that's absolutely right, Steve. I think you know you've got to remember he's 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 been at the club what three four months tops. Um, it's he's still getting used to to new surroundings. He's still getting used to new teammates. He'll get used to a different way of playing. He wasn't necessarily in the greatest run of form before he joined Newcastle. Anyhow, you know he's been affected by some of the the issues and situations going on at um, at Everton, and and he's, he's maybe he's not been able to produce his best form while he was there. Um, it's going to take him a little bit of time to to get up to to speed to understand exactly where he he fits in that system, where he fits in in the team and in the role that Eddie Howe wants him wants him to play. But Eddie Howe's put a lot of trust in in Anthony Gordon, and, and he's got a lot of faith in him. He, he's a player that that he's tried to sign before 
um, before January when Newcastle fought him in. He, he went back to him. He obviously clearly rates him highly. Uh, he thinks that he can offer something. And look, you can see the raw materials are there with Anthony Gordon. He's, he's quick, he's pace, he's brave on the ball. He's um, He'll offer a, a threat uh, in behind. He, he works hard. He's got a... Um, He's got a bit of character about him, a bit of personality about him. You know, you, you don't just want, for me, you don't just want, you know, um, you know, shy retiring types in a, in a change room. You need different in a, in a, you need different types of personalities to, to make that team. But will Anthony Gordon be a success in Newcastle? I don't know. I haven't got a crystal ball, but it will, it won't be for, for if he isn't, it won't be for the lack of trying. It won't be for the lack of effort that, that Eddie Howe shows him. And, and you're absolutely right. Once, you know, Eddie Howe, is is got the grips with what you know Joe Linton, Miggy Almer on, um, you know Fabian Shares, another one, Sean Longstaff, players who at times have been have been written off, at times out of the, out of the team. He he knows what he wants to do um, with with players. It took it took Alexander Isak a little bit of time to, to get up. You know, he hit the ground running with the with his goal against Liverpool, but then there was injuries and disruption and everything else like that. Um, he, he needed to get himself up to a certain level before Eddie Howe kind of what trusted him fully in the in the role that he was playing. And it'll be the same with with Gordon. Once he gets a good preseason under his pen under his belt, hopefully he'll come back absolutely flying in the um, in this in the summer in, in July and August, and, and we see the the best of him. But Eddie Howe really rates him. Eddie Howe really trusts him uh, and thinks he's got a, a a great player on his hands there. And um, it'd be It'd be a um, a strange, mad old fan, I think, who would who would go against Eddie Howe at, the, at this point in time, given given everything that he's done over the last uh, eighteen months. Yeah, Gordon makes the point that you've just uh, said as well. You know, uh, Darren, sorry, uh, Gordon comes from Everton, which was a mess. He had to deal with death threats to him and his family. He needs time to settle in, which, uh, yeah, I would agree. And, and, and I think there's a great player in there, and I think he will come good. And I think it's a good signing at a really good price. And, um, yeah, we will wait and see. But uh, cut out the stuff on Twitter. This is what, this is the nightmare. A lot of people just go completely over the top. And, um, you know, fair play to uh, fair play to Eddie. He took him off at the right time and made the change, which, of course, meant that we saw Isaac and Wilson again together. And uh, what a combination they are, Ross. Um, what a combination they are. And I think, again, it, it's it's Wilson who seems to be suffering at the moment by having to come on as a super sub. Um, but it's working for Eddie Howe and it's working for us at this moment in time, isn't it? It is. That, look, you can only pick 11 from the start when you've got a, a stronger squad, when you've got when you've got so many options now that there's always going to be, you know, one or two or three or four who were, who were a little bit put out by being... Been left on the subs bench, you aren't, you know, aren't included in the starting eleven, and you want every player to, to want to start. You want everybody to, to play. You know, you don't, you don't want players who are just happy coming and picking their coin up and and happy, you know, getting splinters in the backside. You want hungry and determined players. And what you need as well from from that, it's, it is a squad game these days. You can make, you know, five subs now. That's as much as anything else. It's a, it's a, it's a huge tactical. Uh, advantage if you can if you can have players coming off the bench who can influence and impact games. So Carl Wilson will want to start every game as he should do, as he as, and that's how he should be feeling. Um, he was unlucky not to not to start, I suppose, on on Sunday after his his uh, his goal scoring exploits against Everton in midweek. Um, but he just you know he showed what he's what he's worth. He, he sniffs ch- chances out. He's alive in that eighteen-yard box, uh, in that six-yard box. He gets different goals in some ways to to Isaac. I think they do. I think they can complement each other. You know, we've seen Isaac score a couple of tappings, and, and but he's a different type of, of player. I think Callum Wilson's uh, sometimes maybe he's a little bit more of a poacher and around that that six-yard box. Um, so look, it's 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 a fantastic. Headache, I suppose, for Eddie Howe to, to have. Isaac's that talented a player, he can play in two or three different positions. For me, he can play as a, as a nine, as a ten, or even as a as a kind of wide forward as well, depending on the, the match and the circumstances. So there's certainly room for, for the two of them to play together. And I do think that we might see, between now and the end of the season, a couple more examples of the of the pair of them playing together with Isaac. Maybe he's on that left-hand side. Um, which he, you know, he showed he can he can operate in, you know, with his 
two assists over the last last couple of games. Um, in in maybe Callum Wilson through the middle. So look, it's a the the fantastic players, and it's a great it's a great headache for Eddie Howe to have choosing between yeah. those. It is great question from Ian as well. He says, "Do you think Eddie would play Wilson and Isaac together if we had a number uh, another number nine forward to come off the bench?" And this is in response to a few people in the chat saying that you know it, it would be daft, really, um, you know, from from our perspective to to do that because then we wouldn't have a threat playing. There it is, Dan. Uh, people need to realise if we start Wilson and Isaac together, we've got no striker to come off the bench, so we could spend thirty minutes with zero energy up front. It's a dilemma for Eddie Howe, which he has to manage at the moment. But yeah. Do you think he played them together if there was a, a another, you know, another striker on the bench that we could bring? I think in? I think you wouldn't. I, I think he'll. I think he'll still play. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he plays them together at all between now and the end of the season. Might not be against Arsenal at the at the weekend, but it, it, in one of one of the games, I'm I'm fairly certain that they'll start together. Uh, I understand what people are saying. It does limit your your options off the bench, but then you know you then you've still got potentially. I don't know if you play a front three of. Let's say Jacob Murphy on the right, Isaac on the left, and, and Callum Wilson through the middle. You've still then got Anthony Gordon, Miguel Almiron, Elliot Anderson, ESM if he come, when he gets back fit. You've still got three or four uh, options there who can who can come on and give fresh energy in those forward forward positions. Um, you know, you could you could take Callum Wilson off and put Isaac through the middle and, and for the last twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and and bring on a Gordon or a, or a Miggy or a or an ASM, so there will be plenty of options. I think they'll start between between now and the end of the season. I think there'll be at least one game where the, the two of them will start up front together. Yeah, um, Jordy Toonvalley says I wouldn't start Isaac Wilson just yet. Just uh, one, uh, want to start one on the bench to, to change things when required. It makes our bench stronger. We need another forward for cover until then. We need to keep doing what we are doing. Troll says, I have to say, they should play together against Arsenal so we have the outlet of Isaac, in my opinion. Lots of uh, lots of interesting points about that one. And again, it's it's one to watch over, over the course of the next uh, few months. Ian uh, also asks, um, what's your thoughts on the reports of a new series deal for four more episodes? Uh, I think it's a great deal if it's 10 million is rumoured. I mean, it's great news financially for Newcastle if they're getting money for uh, a camera crew following them around. Um, I've got to reserve judgment, though. I haven't seen the first one yet, although the rumour has it that Amanda is the star of the show. Um, certainly box office is what I've heard. Um, what, you know, what, what's your views? I mean, it's money for money for nothing, isn't it? It is. It is. I think you've got to. I, I think you've got to reserve judgment. I think we'll all be looking forward to seeing what, what, it, what it looks like when it comes out. You've got to reserve judgment on these things because, you know, what my understanding is that there isn't the element of editorial control on this that that other clubs have had with theirs, and and that'll produce a, a probably a, a different version. Some of the some of the documentaries behind the scenes stuff that you've seen has been quite um, sanitized. It's been quite. Um, PR like and 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 um, that sort of that sort of show if you like that sort of series. I think this one will be could be a bit different and and it, I think if you know, I don't think the castle are going to get stitched up and everything's all positive at the minute. It's it's, it's really good publicity in in you know the old say the old saying you know no such thing as bad publicity. I don't necessarily buy into. I think you can absolutely have have negative publicity and absolutely have bad PR. Um, so I would reserve judgment for it. I'm 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 not a huge fan of, of these things. I think they're great for a, um I think they're great for journalists and great for viewers and great for fans. But if you ask Eddie Howe or, or a lot of people around the club um if they want a, a camera crew following them, you know, twenty four seven, I'm fairly certain they would while they'll, they'll while they'll probably be used to it by now, I'm fairly certain that if they if it was their choice they would say no. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's more money in the in the coffers, and um, you know we will wait and see, you know what is exactly in the coffers uh, when it comes to uh, the transfer window. Stephen Kennedy, um, he says he's at work, uh, so he'll have to catch up. But um, he said, did either of you see Pickford's post match interview? How unprofessional was he, and how much did he waffle like Steve Bruce? Uh, he also wants to know, did what, what we more, what we made of uh, Jurgen Klopp's outburst again? Uh, he truly gets away with murder. It's Fergus Ferguson esque. And it's a way to influence refs uh, for Liverpool's running. Uh, I'll start with Klopp first. I, I mean, I've watched his press conference this afternoon, and he, well, he was as apologetic as he can be, but he realizes that you know he's he's dropped a big clanger, and he probably will 
you know, get some kind of punishment. But um, he, he is just over the top, isn't he? I think he's gone from probably a lot of people's, you know, loved manager from a from a you know from a, a club that you don't support to to somebody who just gets every on everyone's wick. You know, with his histrionics and the way that he goes on throwing himself on the ground, and you know, he's you know, he's bizarre comments. It's just it's just crazy. What 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 did he make of the interviews at the weekend? I thought he was absolutely bang out of order. I thought it was, um, I thought it was really, really pro. What he said, completely class, lacking in any class whatsoever. Um, I hope he gets the book thrown at him. I really do. You cannot go on like that as a as a manager to um, to referees, to assistant referees, to fourth officials, to to whoever. You can't go on like that and expect expect to get away with it. It, it, it sets a really bad example for. For fans, for players, for kids watching, it's um, it's out of order. In, in some of his comments, he's backtracked as much as what he possibly could this afternoon, and, and rightly so. Um, but he will get the book thrown at him for me. I think he'll get a he'll get a, a lengthy touchline ban. You know, maybe three or four games. Um, he's got history. You know, he's he's already had one touchline ban this this season already, and a hefty fine. He'll get another hefty fine and another touchline ban. And and rightly so, I think it's, I think it was just childish, petty, lacking in any class whatsoever. And and I I put a tweet out um, over the weekend saying saying similar as what you've just said there, Steve. You know, for me, when Jurgen Klopp came into the Premier League, it was a breath of fresh air. It was an absolute breath of fresh air, and I think he is one of the greatest managers that the, the Premier League seen in the Premier League era. I know we're not you know only go back 30 years, but I'm not saying he's up there with, with Ferguson or or um or Wenger or, or Mourinho or whatever, but he's a very, very good manager. What he's done at Liverpool, um, in the dugout there in terms of turning that club around, winning Premier League title against, you know, arguably the best side in, in, in Europe in Man City or the best side that we've that we've seen certainly over the last 20 years. Um, in Man City, in terms of winning the Champions League, reinvigorating the club, the connection that he has with the fan base and, and, and how he buys into the whole club, absolutely fantastic, an absolutely great, great manager. With you know, he's, he's, he's virtually reinvented some you know tactics like Kieran Preston and everything else like that, along with with other German coaches. Don't get us wrong, but he's now in danger of being remembered and known for being an absolute clown, for being a whining, idiotic. Uh, ungracious, bad loser. He's been. He's getting a reputation for that as much as what he's getting a reputation. What is, is more than what his reputation for being a, a fantastic manager and leader and tactician. And that's a sad. That's sad for him. Um, but you can't go on like that. He's, he's, his histrionics are just ridiculous. Definitely, yeah. And and Pickford, you know, his his interview. I mean, you don't expect anything more. He's 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 you know, he gets stick all game from the Newcastle fans. He's just conceded a half full of a half full of goals. Um, and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be upset, isn't he? Uh, see, I see. I I'll I'll get stick for this, but I like Jordan Pickford. I think he's I think he's daft as a brush. I think he's a he's he's um I think he's a character. I think he's I think you you need people like that as long as it you know as long as it doesn't go. Across the other the other side of the line in terms of you know what we've just been talking there about Jurgen Klopp for example, I don't mind a goalkeeper or, or a striker or a defender or whoever it is giving a little bit of stick back when, when for some of the abuse that they get. So you know they'll get some stick, giving a little bit back. He's he's a he's a target of, of fun and, and ridicule for Newcastle fans, uh, Jordan Pickford. But I think he's there. Uh, I think he, he makes me he makes me smile. I think he's just a He's just a normal lad who gets carried away sometimes, like we all do around football. Um, and you know, yeah, maybe he, he could he could speak a little bit more eloquently in, in post-match interviews or differently or whatever. But then, you know, so could we all. Um, he's you know he's fantastic. He, his penalty save yesterday was was great. You know, did his did his research, had it all on the water bottle, um, outfoxed James Madison and and. Uh, help preserve a point for his team in a in a relegation battle, and he was getting stick for celebrating at, at half time, celebrating his his penalty save. He's just made he's just made a, a crucial penalty save in a in a relegation six pointer. Why wouldn't you celebrate if you score a goal? You'd celebrate. So um, I think Newcastle fans, you know, 
like the like the highlight and like the pick on everything that Jordan Pickford does, and I understand why. And it, and it you know, there is a definite amusement level there. But I think he's a, I think he's a really good goalkeeper, and I think he, I, I quite like his character as well. And I'm, I know I'll be in the minority, but there we go. Yeah, Les uh, says, but didn't Pickford tell players to kick one of our subs? Yeah, I mean, we saw that. It was highlighted, but nothing, no retrospective action took place. So, because you can't prove what he said, you just don't know. He could have been saying, have, a, have, have you seen the boots he's wearing? It could, you know, it, you know there's, there's plenty of ways out of that. And, and unless the referee or an official hears it, um, you know, that's the way it is. And I, I agree, um, you know, with regards to, you know, your views on Pickford for, for England. Yeah, you know, frustratingly, I still think he is the best keeper. Uh, but I, I, I would agree with the in-tune trader here. And I can speak eloquently, Ross. You get some. You do get some. You know, I, 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 you know I'm a big Newcastle fan and I have been all all my life. But I don't mind Jordan Pickford. I think he's, I think he's a, he's a, Good character. He tries, you know, Newcastle fans try to wind him up. He tries to wind other people up. It's part of the game. It's part of football. It's it's a little bit of niggle, a little bit of banter, a little bit of, you know, trying to get one up on each other. I think he's, I think he's good. I, I, I don't mind him at all. I, you know, I appreciate people people do it because of where he's from and because some of his uh, some of his antics as well. I totally get that, but it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Okay. Uh, any sponsorship news, Ross? I mean, Chronicle runs a story today. Um, you know, essentially saying that we're uh, very close now uh, to the major sponsor uh, of the football club being being announced, and um, you know, just just touching on the article which has been written by Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder. Uh, it says Newcastle United are edging ever closer to one of the most exciting and lucrative sponsorship deals in the club's history as discussions continue behind the scenes. Uh, having accepted that they are locked in a deal with North West-based kit manufacturers Castori until 25-26 season uh, with the brand that looks after Andrew Murray keen to stay on the tune shirts, United Chiefs switched their attention to the main shirt sponsor last year. Uh, so obviously we know Fun 8, 8 is on its way. Um, rumours abound that Newcastle United uh, could be getting uh, you know a, a major windfall from that. Is there any uh, any news? Um, not that I'm aware of, other than other than what's been written and what's been reported. Um, you know, I think it's this is obviously a, a key part of Newcastle's um, Newcastle's um, strategy in terms of. of of growing the club and being able to, to bring more revenue in, you know, the, the, the sponsorship and the commercial arm of the club, we've said this before, has been pathetic and hasn't, hasn't grown and developed. Didn't, didn't show any signs of growth under, under Mike Ashley. If anything, it went, it went backwards. So um, the, the new commercial team and, and, you know, and owners that have come into Newcastle, that it, it you know, in some ways it's a, I'm not saying it's an easy job, but they couldn't have done it. They, they couldn't have, you know, not not spotted what was needed, not not being able to to grow that. So, um, interestingly, you know, a lot of obviously a lot of thoughts were that it would be a maybe a, a Saudi company that was coming in. There's, there's you know, there's reports that it's it's a Middle Eastern company that's going to come in as a as a new shirt sponsorship, and it could be a deal that is up to worth up to kind of twenty five million pound a year. Um, which is, is 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 you know great, huge money. You know, I think the I think the funny deal is only worth about eight million a year. So you almost kind of well, you are. You, you, if that if those numbers are right, you you you're trebling your your annual income um, from that. So it's it's much needed. It's it's something that that the club has to have to be able to to develop and, and have the spending power that they they need uh, to challenge some of the the bigger boys in and around the. The, the top of the Premier League and across Europe, um, so hopefully that that gets nailed on and, and announced fairly soon, and and, um, and it all adds into Eddie Howe's transfer kitty hopefully for the summer. Yeah, and I mean obviously the TV, um, you know, the, the TV broadcasting uh, money is also something which can be a, a massive help to, to Newcastle United, and um, they're banking one hundred and twenty six point six five million. Uh, they received for broadcast and central commercial revenues from the Premier League last season. Um, and uh, even in the US, 
um, you know, which which obviously uh, now broadcasts uh, football from the Premier League on a, on a regular basis. And Newcastle have featured no less than 22 times out of the 33 Premier League games so far on NBC Universal's Linear TV network. So, you know, not only getting coverage, you know, across Sky and, and, and getting a payday from that, but, you know, it's going to build the brand, isn't it, uh, globally, Ross? No, absolutely, and, and you know, um, you know, the Chronicle's done a good piece on that. On Kieran Kelly's done a done a good piece speaking to to media analysts, um, both here and and in the US, about um, about the kind of the profile and, and why um, Newcastle are featuring so much on on TV. And it's you know, you, you get great games, you get you get you know, fantastic atmospheres at the at the stadium in, in Newcastle. Well. Still a little way away, I suppose, from being the everybody's second club in that sense. Like you know, as as they were under the the early certainly the early years of, of Kevin Keegan and, and became everybody's kind of second club or a lot of people's second club. Um, they are a big box office draw, always have been. And, and this season, you look at how many game times have been on on TV. I think by by the end of the season, there'll probably been about 28, 29 times Newcastle have been shown live on. On TV, which is an incredible amount, and that all adds into the into the revenue, and all adds into the the pot. Um, and as you say, Steve, it, it's raising the the profile and raising the exposure of, of Newcastle abroad, especially in the in the US, where you know you can get a lot of investment and a lot of commercial revenue from um, going pre season on pre season um, tournament over in, in the US will help as well. So, you know, things are looking very very rosy on the pitch. But they're also looking really rosy off the pitch as well. Certainly a lot more encouraging and, and optimistic than on a commercial side than what they have done for, for many a year. Mm. Uh, lots of comments coming in about Castoria. Um, I, I did mention this on the show the other day and I, I heard from an unconfirmed uh, source, somebody saying, Derek, yeah, Steve, uh, Castoria until 2025. Can't understand why PIF don't just buy Castoria. My understanding is the deal is ludicrous. Um, it would cost Newcastle uh, a vast amount of money to buy themselves out of it. And then there's another clause which would stipulate that there would be a percentage of any future retail uh, sold at the club shop to go to uh, whoever owns that company. Um, that's a rumour. It's what I've heard. Um, it's not uh, confirmed in any way. But um, if that's the case, that would explain why PIF don't buy out. It's clearly a deal which uh, you know they can't get out of, or it wouldn't be worth the while getting out of, which uh, which says a lot. Um, was that the last present Mike Ashley left for Newcastle United? Mm. Sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, could have been worse. Could have been Buckter uh, back in the, those itchy strips in the seventies. Uh, scarred me for life. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. We've just got to put up with it and just concentrate on the, the positives, getting that money in uh, for the sponsorship on the shirt. And Doug says, uh, Do you think we're waiting for a confirmed Champions League spot before we get the sponsor in, as we are already guaranteed a European spot? I mean, I would imagine, regardless of which European competition we're in now, Ross, um, you know, because we are in Europe, um, you know, that 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 is much we know now. But, you know, I don't think that really matters, does it? Champions League, um, you know, Europa, it's, it's exposure and, you know, uh, people will pay the price for European exposure on TV. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think the deal will be pretty much done and, and dusted and, and maybe some of the, the smaller, uh, finer details of it will, will still be left to be ironed out. But um, look, the, the, the profile of the club is... is um, so much higher than what it was just 12 months ago certainly two years ago so the, the higher profile the club has the more times it's it's on tv the the bigger um the bigger recognition and and showing that it gets you know worldwide will only help your commercial uh, prospects will only help the, the commercial team directors and, and and guys there who when they when they're going and, and pitching to um, to potential sponsors, if you can offer them a, a, a brand that has so much more global appeal, worldwide appeal, that's getting more eyeballs on it than, than ever before, then it's only going to help with um, with striking those deals and, and bring more money into Newcastle. Yeah, Derek, I, I can't see them buying Castoria. You know, I'd, there'd be too much sour grapes. I just, you know, I just it's a deal which which they can't which they clearly can't get out of. Why would they buy it either? You know, it, it's. 
it, it's not for them. And I, I just genuinely feel that you know there will be a, an Adidas or a Nike in the, in the background waiting to come in. But it means we'll probably have to, uh, you know, probably have to wait another two seasons for that. So uh, it is what it is. Can't get out of everything. Uh, hi, Ross. Liam Kennedy says you were a great boss, but was he a great student? Says Mr. Anderson. Liam's a good lad, yeah. Liam, um, I was Liam's boss for a, a good few years. Um, I, I, I could, I could tell a few stories, which I, I won't on this platform. Um, my hair used to be a lot darker than what it was before I started uh, managing Liam. I'll say that much. But no, he's a, he's a, he's a great lad. Um, very, very good journalist in a, in a good parliament as well. And he's a back. He's back tomorrow night, six o'clock on uh, NUFC matters. Um, no, Jordy's here. Jordy's there this week. We're going to go with uh, with Liam uh, at six till seven. So uh, you get a chance to ask Liam a few questions uh, tomorrow night. Okay, I have managed to record the ads. They're slightly shorter. Yeah, they are. A big shout out to all our sponsors. Thanks to Skips and Bins. Telephone 0800 254523. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pays you go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk, or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video technology. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. If you enjoy the show, please hit the little thumb under the video and like the video. Click share to share to your other social media or subscribe. Um, it's free and we do seven shows a week. If you want to become a member, you can click join underneath this video. There are different packages to suit all different pockets. And if you want to become a cult member, then put your smartphone over the QR code. It'll take you straight there to the website, which is nufcmatters.com. If you go in via the website, just click membership pack. What do you get for your money? You get a pen, you get a cup, you get a membership card and a scarf and entry into the monthly draw. Don't forget, we are available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. And we also support the food bank on this show. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you'll find the match day bucket. You can make a virtual donation today. We've also got some events coming up over the next couple of months. An evening with Peter Beardsley at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets available from newcastlelegends.com. Or go to Woucher and get a 40% discount. Our end of season due is the 27th of May at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are at tenner from nufcmatters.com. An evening with Gavin Peacock takes place on July the 10th at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets from nufcmatters.com for that event. And the following night, Gavin will be at the Time Mouse Surf Cafe. Go to their website for ticket information. We've got a vast range of T-shirts, merchandise and memorabilia available on our website. The Ezak T-shirt is doing well. Go to nufcmatters.com to buy one today. Okay, uh, still half an hour to go. Anyone's got any questions, get them in. Like Steeded, do you think free agents like Brayton, Diaz, Marcus Thurum, Tielemans will come into our thinking this summer, Russ? I think free agents, free agents will come into the thinking. Uh, I'm not sure about those three players in particular. Um, I don't think I'd be surprised if those three, if any of those three came, maybe it's two arms, maybe it's a, an option, but um, I'd be surprised if the other three ended up at, at St. James's Park, but I think Newcastle are, are wise enough to to realise that they need to uh, consider all options, and if, if bringing in somebody um, on a, as a free agent frees up a little bit of money elsewhere, this, Newcastle will still be working on a budget, still, you know, it's not a bottomless pit of money, so if they can save a little bit of money here and bring in a, 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 a high quality, high you know, um, high quality free transfer who can who can improve the squad or anyhow believes can improve the squad, then absolutely they'll be looking at them, yeah. Steve also says, any championship or SPL players you think will be good signings for us? That's a good question. That is a good question. I do think that there, um, there are some real, still some gems in the, in the, in the championship in particular. 
Um, SPL there's a lot of you know Scotland's a, a, a good it's still a very good breeding ground for for young players uh, who, who come through and Newcastle have been linked with a, a number of of, uh, of young Scottish players over over recent um, over recent months I, I think it's an area along with Ireland where they'll they'll keep an eye on in terms of bringing in some of the best you know 15 to 18 year olds um, from from Scotland to, to maybe boost the um, Push the squad below that. Outside of that, you know, you, you still get one or two in in Scotland who were who were really um, real gems. You know, you saw what happened with with Virgil Van Dijk when he left Celtic and went to, to Southampton and then on to on to Liverpool for for seventy five million. So there is some some good players there. Um, championship very much the same, but you a lot of the time with the championship you get um, you get players who are who are good but untested at the at kind of the top. The top level, and because of the, the finances that are, are on offer, you get um, you get players who were who, who haven't been tested, but are still you know going to cost twenty million, twenty five million. Um, so it's a it's a difficult market at times. The, the championship, but there's some great players there. You know, the, the, the lad at, at Bristol City, Alex Scott, is 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 one um, who you know Newcastle and, and others have. Of monitored and, and kept an eye on, um, really talented, talented midfielder, and there's there's a, a number of others elsewhere. You know, dare I say, it, you, you sometimes you, you look you look just down the road and see some of the the, the players who were young players at Sunderland. You know, Amadiallo. I know he's on loan from from Man United, but he's he's ripping up the championship. Um, there is some good young players in in that championship. Um, whether Newcastle feel like they're right at this particular time, you know, given that they're going into in the Champions League and in the in the profile of the club and the the demands on the club, whether they feel that that they need that right now or they or they want to go with a bit more oven ready type of player to, to quote a phrase, um, that we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, but I do think there's some quality in there, definitely. Uh, hey, you've been reading my script, Ian. He says, Ross, are you excited with Lewis Miley signing his first professional contract on his 17th birthday? He looks class, and he's a localish lad from concert. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, a really, really um, great, great news for for Lewis. Great news for his his family. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of my friends are, are friends with with his family, and, and they all speak very highly of them and, and say what a, what a you know a great family they are. And, and you know, Lewis has obviously made a, a real impression on um, on Newcastle's first team, not just on the on the twenty threes on the first team. So. No, he's, he's he's still only seventeen, and he's got a he's got the whole his whole future ahead of him. Um, hopefully, he can continue to, to progress. And I'd love to see another another youngster coming through the um, through the academy, coming through the 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 youth setup and into the first team. Um, like we've seen recently with Sean Longstaff and Elliot Anderson, and you know Paul Dummett was on the bench again on on uh, on Sunday. So. Great to see young lads doing really well and getting rewarded for it, and he's he's hopefully got a fantastic career ahead of him. Yeah, and and he's already featured. You mentioned the first team he's featured on the bench for Bournemouth. Um, he played in the Dubai uh, tournament as well. So um, yeah, great. Congratulations to the young lad. Uh, we hope he does uh, really really well. Uh, Barry said, "Would you cash in on ASM for Madison?" I mean. You would imagine there might be an outgoing. We've, we've spoken about this um, in depth on the show for, for months now. ASM is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Um, it, you know, recent recent performances prior to injury. Um, you know, he's he's been back. You know, he's been back to his best. But um, you know, we haven't seen him for a few weeks, and of course, it, you know, it, it fuels speculation, whether it be in the media or uh, social media. Um, so, ASM, what 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 do you think to go on there? And you know. We clearly will make some money off him if we do decide to sell him. For me, Steve, I would I would cash in. I would, you know, and that's just a personal opinion. That's just my view. That's what I would do. Um, I think he's I think he's a he's a good player. He's very very talented, uh, enigmatic but charismatic. Gets you know gets fans excited, but also gets them frustrated. I imagine he's exactly the same with, with teammates um, in, in the coaching staff. I think Newcastle have got to keep progressing. And is ESM in your in your starting eleven? 
Now, and I, and I know it's not, it's not what it's all about. It's about having squad depth and everything else like that. But Newcastle, at some point, are going to have to keep. They, they, they can't just keep spending money. You know, they can't just keep uh, buying players. They're going to have to occasionally sell a few, sell a few players, and move a few players on, and bring in some money so that it, it balances the books slightly. I know Newcastle are a super rich club, and the commercial arm is going to be expanded, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But we, we, you know, we've come back to FFP. You've got to still have a little bit of balance on your on your on your um, account sheets. So you look at who are the saleable assets at the club um, who potentially aren't in that first 11, 12, 13, 14. I think SM is the is the obvious one. I think you know you, I think you could get some good money if you decide to sell him. Would it weaken the, the squad if he if he goes? I don't know. If he's if everybody's fitting in in flying, does where does he get in? Does he get in on that left hand side ahead of Joe Linton, ahead of Anthony Gordon, ahead of um, Alexander Rizak, if you want to play him out, out wide left, I just think he's at the minute he's he's a bit of a a bit of a square peg in a round hole, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he if he um, if the club cashes in on him in the summer because they feel like they've got other alternatives, other options, and they can bring in a little bit of money. Another interesting name there that Ian's mentioned, Yankuba Minty, uh, seems a done deal. Um, Chronicle have been uh, heavily covering this one as well. Of course, he's enjoyed a bit of a, a breakthrough at uh, Danish outfit, a dense bold club, and uh, five goals and 17, uh, seven assists from 17 appearances. Uh, he's a winger, um, and uh, I think he's a, a Gambian, isn't he? So, yeah, I've a few bits and bobs I've seen in the newspapers about uh, about this chronicle in particular. What, what what's your take on him? Uh, another another good young player. Yeah, I mean I don't know anything about him really. If I'm being honest, you know I, I think he's you know I've seen his name mentioned and, and I've read probably the same things that that other people have read. So I don't know too much about him. But it, it goes back to the to the point that that we've made, you know. Earlier today, but also on previous shows, when Newcastle are going to scout around the world for for some really good young talent. Now that might be in Scotland, it might be in Ireland, it might be in Brazil, it might be in, in France, it, it'll be everywhere. They the, the want to bring in some of the best young talents so that they can then develop them and potentially, you know, yeah, you might have to spend, I don't know, 15, 20 million on a young player, but, you know, if he develops that the way that the club expect or hope that he will, then he could be worth 30, 40, 50, 60 million in, in, a, in two or three years' time. If not, is a, is a potential sell-on value. You've seen it with Chelsea, they've they've gone a little bit too far the other way for me in, in that they've almost stockpiled a lot of players and then just, just farmed them out on loan right, left and centre. But I do think that Newcastle want to improve their, their youth setup. I don't think they're 100% happy with the, um, the, the way that the academy and, and, and elements of it in terms of the progress of, of young players coming through has, has been. So they, they, they do want to, they, you know, They've, they've appointed a lot of scouts. They've, they've, they've revamped that, that scouting element and recruitment side of the operation, certainly at academy level. Um, and like I've said, you, you can't just keep going out and buying players for, for 50, 60, 70 million. You're going to have to try and bring in a couple of bargains like a grand qual, like, like maybe Minter as well, and, and one or two others, and, and develop it from there. And yeah, that, that, that question, that point from Steve there about, about Brighton's transfer model, it's you know that is the that is a, a fantastic example. You look at some of the, the players that they've brought in for for, for buttons for, for peanuts, and that was under under Dan Ashworth's uh, watch. And you know the, the people that have brought in like Matoma, like like Alexis McAllister, um, Ewan Ferguson brought in from Ireland. These types of players um, who they can bring in relatively unheralded uh, for 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 relatively modest fees, develop them, give them. Um, Give them the platform, bring them on, and and look at look at how Brighton are run now. It's a it's a model for everybody. Certainly is, yeah. And uh, sadly, they, they always have to sell, um, you know, to progress. Um, a bit like the Bournemouth uh, model that we saw under Eddie Howe, you know. But gradually, players brought through in the academy um, and then sold on. Brighton seem to be in a very similar a similar kind of you know zone at the moment. And um, difference is with Newcastle. If they can bring people through the academy, if they're good enough, they'll play um, and, and force their way into the team. Eddie Howe encourages youth, but they won't have to sell because you know they have a big fan base, a big ground. It's only going to get bigger and, and hopefully go on, to, you know, to, to win trophies and become more and more successful. So it's, uh, it's exciting times at Newcastle. It really is. We keep saying it, but it really is. Tom says, uh, "Is there any news on Serge uh, Milinkovic Savage?" 
according to reports in Italy. We are chasing the midfielder. It is coming up the silly season. Five games to go. We'll be uh, covering this over the next couple of months. Um, people know how much I love the transfer window. <laughs> yeah, we still end up doing seven shows a week talking about it. Um, I've not. I've, I've got to be honest. I've not even heard of this link. But Tom, Tom clearly thinks there's something. Uh, you know, something in it. What, what's your What's your views on that, Ross? Are you the same as me? Yeah. He's- He's been linked. To, he's been linked a few times. Um, Milinkovic Savic. He's a, he, he's a I think Serbian midfielder at Lazio, and he's he's been linked a few times. I don't know if it's just it's one of them where it it, it smells like agent talk. It's got a whiff of, of agents uh, uh, around it. Looks like he's after a, a move. He's I think he's twenty eight, twenty nine now. Um, talented midfielder, but other than that, I don't I don't know too much. He, he you know he'd probably cost you know thick end of, of fifty million. I'd, Personally, I would be avoiding the Serie A and the Italian market at the minute. I don't think is I don't think there's value there. I think there's a lot of, of issues around um, around players and in their valuations, shall we say? Um, I'd be avoiding that market personally, but I don't know any more than that. Yeah, Trolls uh, is certainly the loyalist ASM fan we have in uh, our chat uh, these days, and um, always has a, a counter argument to um, anyone who doesn't uh, like. ASM uh, trolls. Uh, you know, I, I've always tried to be balanced with with ASM. I've hammered him when he needs to be. I've rightly praised him for his recent form. Unfortunately, he's injured a lot, and I think that's why people, you know, seemingly uh, don't want to have you know ASM at the club anymore. But I agree with a lot of the points that you make, trolls. I also agree. You know, Chris Banks puts to get a player of ASM's quality will cost sixty to eighty million. Keep him as a squad player. That would be great if he wanted to stay as a squad player. I just do, I don't think he does. Paul Paul says he's injured seventy percent of the season. Trolls getting uh, the age right is important when you're having an argument. I've got to be perfectly honest. Uh, Isaac was injured for half the season as well, says Chris. Um, yeah, it, it's it's fascinating the ASM uh, split in the support. It will always drive people up the wall. It will always you know change things for people. I, I, what I will say is that I find it strange. You know, his social media s- stuff that he puts out there can often conflict. You know what Eddie Howe was saying. You know, sometimes, you know, I guess Callum Wilson will say stuff on his podcast, which which Eddie Howe might say one thing and he says another. I've heard Eddie Howe on numerous occasions go, oh, I, I don't listen to it. Um, I've not heard anything about it. So you're always going to get these problems. You're always going to get these issues. Uh, Ian, thank you for a question. He says, uh, would Ross consider wearing a Ben Jacobs style funky Nana's jumper to match his sparkling personality? I've never, I've never been described as having a sparkling personality, so I, I assume that's a heavy dose of sarcasm. I assume it's a heavy dose of sarcasm there, but I, maybe I'll come on and I'll, I'll come on and everything. If people are gonna, gonna see, I've got a sparkling personality. I'll wear a, I'll wear a, um, a nice tutu, green and pink tutu for, for the end of the season. If <laughs> yeah, ben Jacobs has a sparkling personality. So Ben Jacobs has never done that far. <laughs> Uh, David says, players uh, will be throwing themselves at us now, but we don't want to take on the guys who give us the knockback last year. We won fighters. Good point, David. I thoroughly, I, I really, really agree uh, with that. And uh, uh, Ian says he loves you, Ross. So there you go. Um, get yourself along to Wickham next season. Get yourself a season ticket, Ian. That's what I'd suggest. That'll keep Ross happy. <laughs> Sam Allardyce is back in football. Uh, we are led to believe it's all but uh, it's all but done. Um what on earth are Leeds thinking of? You know, he's not going to change things in four days, Ross, is he? Yeah, four games. He's. Uh, you'd, you'd be surprised. You'd be. You'd, you'd be very surprised. Look, anybody who follows me on social media knows I've got strong opinions on Sam Allardyce, and I always have done, and I always will do. He's. He's. He's certainly not for me. Um, he's. He's somebody who is. He's made it. He's had a fantastic career out of out of football, and, and fair play to him for doing that. But just as a person, as a personality, as a as a you know manager, he's, he's not my he's not my cup of tea whatsoever. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't I, I I didn't really care who went went stayed up or, or went down. Uh, but if Allardyce comes into Leeds, then I'll maybe just make an exception and reconsider. Um, it's a it's an odd move. It's an odd move, but it's a. It's a sign of desperation, I think. Interestingly, Leeds aren't even in the relegation zone at the minute, so he, you know, um, he could he could keep them up in, in with four games. And, and his first home game, if he if he does get the job, his first home game at Allen Road is against 
dun, 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 Newcastle United. So um, you know that could be a, an interesting, an interesting clash. But um, yeah, a, a, a bit of a, you know a gamble. Four games to go. If that's if that's the case, um, it is a it is an odd odd move. Yeah, it's definitely an odd move. Uh, certainly one thing's for certain. Uh, Sam Allardyce will be getting paid handsomely for it, uh, whatever happens. And again, it's just a short-term appointment. He's coming in to do the job and there's no plans to keep him on um, you know, in, in, in the future, which, I, again, I just find that bizarre. I really do. I, I just don't understand why they would even consider doing that. You know, I'm, I may be wrong, but I just can't see... You know how on earth he, you know, you know how he will change things in four four games, and and they've been playing a little uh, playing a little interview with him, which is from 2017. How to stay up, and they're saying that he's got a great record of keeping teams up, but he didn't do that well at West Brom uh, with the West Brom team, did he? That was his last. Uh, that was his last one. Uh, there's another player linked with Newcastle, and um, you can find out all about this on the, the Chronicles website. It's an article by George Bennett, and uh, Newcastle monitoring for Keo Tamori. Um, who is a he's at AC Milan, um, an England centre back, um, and this is a story which originated from ninety minutes. Uh, he's been in Italy for two and a half years. He initially joined AC Milan from Chelsea on loan in Jan- January twenty twenty one. And it's funny because I have said on this program before that you know with with the age of Dan Byrne, with the age of Fabian Share, Newcastle will certainly be looking to rec- uh, recruit in the in the back four. Um, you know, we've already signed a Scottish centre half, um, slightly younger than this guy, of course. Um, so, it, it, is this an option? Do you think, Ross, uh, in the summer window? Possibly. I mean, tomorrow he's a, a good, a good young player, and he's got a he's got a lot of experience now, having spent the last uh, couple of seasons over in, in Italy in, in AC Milan. Um, been in and around the England squad, never quite broken through, and and, and you, you always get the feeling that that Gareth Southgate just doesn't. Doesn't like him for one reason or another, or doesn't think he's as, he's quite as 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 good as what you know some pundits and some others think of him. But you're right, Steve, that there will be um, some defensive reinforcements brought in this summer. Um, you know, Fabian shares alongside a thirty Dan Burns. Um, I think he's still got plenty left in him, Dan Burns, as as has Share. But I do think they want to bring that bring a, a couple of of younger sort of centre halves in, and certainly a, maybe he's a right sided centre half who can who can contest with with share for a place so um it'll be it'll be interesting to see who's on the on the the the, the wish list and who they can manage to, to bring in and and someone like tomorrow he's played um played champions league football he's he's you know he's got he's got some good experience under his belt at um at AC Milan so um it, it could well be one that, that has some legs but I think Newcastle will be linked with a with a number of centre halves over the over the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. So the start of the year team and this uh, Chris if in danger of going down bring in Sam and guarantee it yeah all I can ever think of when I hear Sam Allardyce's name is the gif that's on um, Twitter and Facebook and all social media platforms that use gifs and just the kids standing behind Sam Allardyce going you don't know what you're doing and uh, yeah I'm, I'm horrendously scarred from Sam Allardyce's time at Newcastle I've got to be perfectly honest Blackburn game I think we were 3-0 down at half time it's the only game that I've never gone back for the second half I actually stood at the bar at Blackburn until they pulled the shutters down and just drank until I went home um, because I just couldn't be bothered to watch any more Sam Allardyce football awful 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 I think and I think that's what it, that's that's part of the thing with it Steve so he's look his results you can you can, you can spin stats and results and whatever and say that it's you know that, that he's done this and he's got this team in the mid table and he saved this one and, and whatever but pretty much Every club that he's been to, when when he's left, f- fans have have been happy because that it's not just about results. That's you know, football is 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 more than just results on the on the pitch. It's about the feel. It's about enjoyment. It's about passion. It's about you know having a connection with your club. It's it's about so much more than than just you know what the final score is at the end of, at the end of ninety minutes. Uh, I know that is important. Um, bear in mind, you know, by the way, Sam Allardyce has only got a, a 33% win ratio in the in the Premier League, which is below Alan Pardew and probably level with with Steve Bruce. So he's not that he's not that great as well. Um, but you know, you speak to West Ham fans, you speak to to Newcastle fans, you speak to um, you know Blackburn fans, and and you know even Everton fans. You know, you know, you got Everton up to up to eighth. 
but but they you know they didn't they weren't happy with the style of football they weren't happy with everything else that went around it so um there's more to football than just than just that and that's that's part of the the issue with Sam Allardyce is how he is how he leaves supporters feeling about watching their team uh okay this is a good one uh, Steve says uh, Ross uh, Ross what's Wickham's budget for next season I think the, the rules about Wickham's budget are is uh, you don't talk about Wickham's budget is that right <laughs> it's a bit like the rules for fight club it is it is it's it's something like that so yeah we'll uh, we'll get what budget finalized over the next next few few weeks maybe say maybe offer some of the players a, a couple extra packets of packets of pork scratchings if they decide to sign on for for the new season so yeah, it's a long season, just about finished now. Had the last game, a charity game on Sunday, which we raised. Um, we helped raise um, a couple of thousand, well, sixteen, seventeen hundred pound. I think was the, was the last tally for for Alzheimer's Society um, for our Captain Ross Pierce's uh, charity. Um, so that was a great day for us on on Sunday. We got a presentation on on Saturday, and then hopefully I can enjoy a few weeks off, Steve, before the season starts again. Well, well deserved, mate. Well deserved. Newcastle play Arsenal this coming Sunday, four thirty start live on Sky Sports. The game is a sellout. Arsenal, of course, chasing the Premier League title, and they will hope uh, that they can uh, kickstart that again tonight with a, a win over Chelsea. Supermac and uh, Gibble will be doing their respective talking. Supermac will be at the Dog and Parrot at two, returning at six forty-five. Gibble will be with Ando at Pumphrey's. Uh, at two o'clock only. Jamal Lascelles won't feature due to a calf injury. Uh, Sean Longstaff with a foot injury and ASM hamstring could both return, which is great news after all the rumours about uh, Sean Longstaff potentially breaking his foot. As for Arsenal, early team news there, uh, um, Elneny and Tomoyasu are out and Saliba is doubtful. Uh, Newcastle, of course, got a full week to prepare for the game. Arteta's side, of course, as I mentioned, are playing Chelsea tonight. On the road, Arsenal have won uh, a division high, uh, 11 Premier League games. Uh, they have drawn three on the road. They're also the highest Premier League away scorers with 33 goals. Referee is Chris Cavanagh. This is his second appointment of the season involving us. And uh, that first one was a 2-1 victory at Brentford. Uh, his most recent appearance in the middle at St James's Park was the 1-1 draw with Villa during lockdown. Uh, all six of his Newcastle games since then have been at away grounds. VAR is Andy Maidley. And uh, just over to you, Ross, really, to find out what your views are and uh, what your... Uh, feeling is for that game at the weekend it's a it's an interesting one because you're going up against the 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 league leaders team that's been challenging for the title and, and possibly the the best team um for the majority of this season um and you're coming up against them and you're relatively confident that's certainly how i feel i feel i feel pretty confident going into this one i felt confident uh against spurs and i've got a similar feeling about this one I think Arsenal have been have had a fantastic season and the job that Mikel Arteta has done there. Um, again, I know he's a manager that polarises opinions and some of his his behaviour on the touchline isn't uh, always the best. But looking at the job that he's done, certainly over the last couple of seasons, it's been it's been absolutely fantastic. He's got a, a young team playing some really good football um, and and you know challenging Man City, uh, pushing them as as far as what they have done. Uh, albeit that the, the wheels have come off slightly uh, over the last last kind of month or so, but done a great great job. But I just think because those wheels have come off, because they're 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 a little bit in the doldrums, I fancy Newcastle to to turn them over. Similar performance, maybe is, the, is to what they produced against against Man United at home, where um, where the intensity, the pace, the the atmosphere, the uh, the aggression, and everything else that, that Newcastle showed. Um, would potentially be too much for for Arsenal. So, look, they're a great team. They've they've got they've got a, they've got a fantastic manager, and I do mean that. I do think he's a great manager. But I I think this is a game Newcastle can go into full of confidence and get three points from. Prediction. I'm going to go for another two nil. Two nil. Great stuff, Ross. As always, I look forward to catching up with you again next Tuesday. Until then, take care, mate. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, everyone.